2: Never. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f-
0: up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing you know my name yet. and Anthony Lionheart Smith.
3: Well, now, but I don't think we've talked about it. Oh, um, Lauren's building a house. Building a house?
2: Just... Oh God! You know what you remind me of? What? Carmella Soprano. (laughs) I'm watching Sopranos right now. She's at the base. She's building a house, the spec house. Um, house. (laughs) How big is the house going to be, Laura?
3: Are we? We're not on, are we?
2: We're on. We're rolling. Welcome to the show, everyone.
3: Thank you to (laughs) Laura Sanko. As always, saving the day. I mean, I'm just here to do what I can, Michael. Just here to do what I can and chip in.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm sure all the believers uh, appreciate not staring at Harrington's bald head, Anthony's bald head, and your covered-up head. What is I that? I mean,
3: I can take. The, I I cover up my forehead because I don't feel like it plays well on podcasts.
2: Oh no, it's good. You got a great forehead.
3: <laughs> but I have a lot of hair um, and a lot of forehead.
2: Well, there you go. There you go. How you been? You well?
3: Yeah, yeah. I've been good. Um, I'm trying to think. I was in Mexico City, so oh, did the desk oh. down there. That was a little crazy.
2: Oh. I saw you doing a little dance off with uh, Michael Chiesa.
3: Little, yeah, we were, you know, we were literally talking about you. Funny you should bring that up. We weren't dancing. We were attempting to be DJs because there was some fantastic (laughs) Mexican house music thumping behind us. And they kept, you know, you know, making like five more minutes, five more minutes, guys. So we're just kind of standing there around and, you know, just you start, you start scratching. He was singing your praises. Not that he needed to to me. I already knew about DJ Mikey B and his amazing talents with actual vinyl records. Not this, like flip a bunch of switches shit. No,
2: no, lots of vinyl records. But I was attempting to be a DJ as well for many years. Attempting is the key word. You know what I mean? Uh Well, thank you for your time, Laura. As always, Harrington has done a great job with the notes. We've got a few things to talk about. Uh Mexico City, how yeah. was that in general? Do you like Mexico City?
3: i did i mean what i like about it is it's got the vibe of new york a huge city obviously i think it's one of the biggest cities in the world um but they have trees in the city which is kind of fun new york doesn't have that um the vibrancy park yeah well other than just the park but outside of that you don't really get them they're all over mexico city um yeah the vibrancy of the people and the food and everything is fun but the fans are fucking insane (laughs)
2: They are insane. Well, yeah. I mean, we saw the big yeah. fight in the crowd. Is that what you're talking about?
3: Yeah, but that—I mean—that was just one of like seven. <laughs> there
2: oh, were, was it really?
3: Yeah, there were. There was a girl fight about thirty feet from us. Where I mean, and then the guy got involved and like kicked this chick right in the chest.
2: Oh. But
3: she—I mean—I don't think she minded too much. She was still. It, it didn't hurt her. I, yeah. And the, I've got a feeling everywhere. in
2: Mexico City that's not as big as a deal. You know, could you imagine if a guy kicked a girl in the chest out here in the Western world? Yeah. That'd be all over the news. Mexico, just another day.
3: Yeah, you really, you got the sense from the arena security that they were like, eh, eh, I
2: mean, you know. John that does the editing on my YouTube channel, because remember there was a lot of talk that apparently the security didn't break up this fight. My 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 mate John is like, maybe they were cartel members. I'm like, maybe you've been watching too much Breaking Bad. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe they were cartel members. Uh, Herringbone, welcome to the show, sir. On Monday, he had no audio. Oh, look at him coming. Th- are you streaming from the Batcave? We made a mistake <laughs> decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does that say in your shirt? Mistakes. Mistakes were made. It's kind of the story of my life. Oh. mistakes were made and I love continue. the I love
3: the use of the passive voice not owning the mistakes just that mistakes were made Yeah,
2: mistakes At some were point. made nice mistakes will still be made <laughs> uh, Harrington in your opinion your expert opinion of course what is the biggest story in mixed martial arts that we just have to hear a take from Laura Sanko on I and mean, I'm sorry no, though, you- that sounded like I'm
0: talking shit and it's just me being silly go ahead please I feel like if I had an expert opinion, it would just be parodying you. Um, but the I think the biggest news story I've seen, at least uh, you know, just based on um, people talking about it on Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Nate Diaz uh, having a row with uh, DC. Nate Diaz came out and said he wants to be on the Noche UFC card, which is going to be, I believe, UFC three hundred six at the Sphere. Um, he said, "Yeah, he'd like to take part in it." Daniel Cormier said he wouldn't mind seeing Nate on the card but it doesn't make sense to make him a, a main eventer. He said his best days have passed. I can pull the exact quote if you want it. Uh, Nate Diaz then uh, went on Instagram, posted a video of DC with some pretty, uh, pretty, you know, underhanded remarks towards the former champ.
2: Mm, mm. Laura,
0: I'll, I'll let you have the first
2: take. Um, just go ahead. Just go, I was going to ask a question, but it's kind of a no, little fine. Question.
3: I mean, Nate, I love Nate, but Nate's not fighting at the Sphere. He's not even under QFC contract (laughs) right now. Like, he's boxing Jorge Masvidal. And, I mean, far be it from me to inject myself into um, what is and is not appropriate for Mexican Independence Day, but, like, I feel like we need a... It wouldn't be Brandon Moreno at this point, but we need, like, an Alexa Grasso or um, a Yair Rodriguez. Probably won't be him either. To top that card off, I don't know who you would pair up Nate with that would make sense for Mexican independence Day. yes, I understand that he is Mexican-American, but you see my point. Yes. He's not coming back to the sphere. I He's yeah. just having fun. And DC yeah. is, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah. you just saw these boxing Jorge Masvidal. Is that actually going in? Because I saw Masvidal on Instagram. He was in Stockton. Is that because yeah. he's in the box, Nate Diaz is that? I happening? mean,
3: that's like the thing that's bubbling up, but I haven't seen any announcements. but that to me is way more likely than seeing him pop up on a UFC card at the sphere. I mean, I think you'll see Nate in another organization or in boxing. I'm not saying he can't come back to the UFC, but like I just don't see who you would put him up against to headline a card on that day in that location. it It feels like it has to be very. Mexican-heavy for it to make sense.
2: It's Mexican Independence Day, being a Mexican-heavy card. That would seem to make sense. I'm just looking up. Nate Diaz, 38 years old, okay? As we know, not under contract with the UFC, to your point. That would be, you know, issue number one. (laughs) Issue number two, didn't have a good fight against Jake Paul. No. Let's be honest, right? And I'm not ripping on Nate Diaz, the man's a warrior, legendary career, fan favorite, cult-like figure in mixed martial arts, okay? Beat Tony Ferguson in his last one, lost 3 out of his last 4 before that. Still a big draw though.
3: It would listen, I would have I would have been like really excited if if they had start to say, you know, like oh Nate versus Connor for UFC 300. I get it it's It's not even a relevant fight, but it's a fun fight, and it's an interesting fight, and it's a fight between two absolutely massive names. I just don't know who you would put Nate against at the sphere for Mexican Independence Day, where that that would all, like, all the stars would align, and that would begin to make sense. I just, I think he's off doing other things.
2: I kind of echo the sentiments of DC with respect to Nate Diaz and the career that he had. I think probably his best days are maybe behind him. He's not a part of the UFC anymore. It's been how long? It's been two years since he fought in the UFC. Of course, there's always the Conor McGregor fight. And of course, Nate's going to talk shit. So he shows the picture of DC getting head kicked by John Jones. That, I think that's what Harrington said.
0: If I was DC, come on, Harrington, don't tease us. It was the interview after where he was very oh. emotional in the oh. case.
2: Oh, I see. I see. Well, that's better. But if if it was the head kick, I would show, if I was DC, I would post Josh Thompson knocking him out with a head kick. Guys, but it wasn't a head kick.
3: You can start your own beef right now if you want to, Michael. Just do it. <laughs> I've,
2: got, I've got enough beef. <laughs> I've got enough people coming after me. Uh, people seem... They think it's okay to go for DC, you know, because DC's a big, fluffy, cuddly teddy bear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Cruz will go after him. People go after him. Nate Diaz will go after him. They forget the absolutely terrifying figure that DC was inside the... Have you seen those those pictures of him just before the fight with Stipe and stuff? You do not want to fuck with DC.
3: No, and he, you know, he may have a different physique these days but like the man can still <laughs> fight. Think? yeah the man can still fight and he's still one of the greatest to ever do it so it's kind of hard to like it, he's easy to talk shit to because he's not in the game he's not on the roster anymore you don't you know you're not going to like run into him of course inside the octagon so i think guys like to pick on him and and they know in general that he's not going to get too ruffled and like you know go find you in your sleep or something like some of these other crazy fighters might yeah. but yeah, you got to take him seriously. DC is still very much a badass. Like, there's no there's no denying that.
2: But you know what it is? And again, we're not here to just kiss DC's ass, but it's true. I know. The reason, kiss away. Um, the reason is, is because DC is so comfortable in himself. Yeah. And he knows he hasn't got to prove himself yeah. and lose his temper. He and can be him self-deprecating. Himself. Yeah. When he knows in his mind, I could literally pick you up and slam you through a wall. So he's yeah. not going to lower himself. So anyway, shout out DC. Um, UFC note, there seems to be a lot of uh, focus on Mexican MMA lately.
3: Bro, the 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 talent, the depth of talent, obviously it's it's hard to explain, especially with contender series, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see guys pop up here and there, but it's not until you put them all together on a card like was in Mexico city. And then you see the fighters that weren't even on the card that were doing the Q and a like Lupe Godinas and Tracy Cortez and, mm. um, uh, Lopez, like the, the depth of Mexican talent right now is insane, insane. And it's really cool to see because not that long ago, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't that way. It, it, years mm. ago, it was just sort of like Cain Velasquez carrying Almost in a way, not even Mexican American heritage, but Mexican heritage along with them, because there was just not that much representation inside the UFC. So, got like guys like Manuel Torres, who's like, golly, that that guy, that guy's got golly, very... golly, I'm so <laughs> Oh shucks.
2: Oh man, these oh. guys are really great. Uh, Mexican <laughs> Performance Institute as well. What? A Mexican Performance Institute. We're gonna see more of these people. Yeah. You know, we got the Shanghai Performance Institute. Is there yes. any others that you're hearing that are opening?
3: Um, I'm trying to remember. Wait, didn't they talk about one in Puerto Rico for a while?
2: Ah, why aren't we getting a British Performance Institute? There, that's, that's what I want to know.
3: Yeah, I feel like that should happen. I don't even, to be honest with you, I've not even really heard of Puerto Rico's having a huge MMA scene. Someone correct me if I'm crazy, but yeah, the the UK would make makes sense way before that. I think though that they feel like the the training situation is developed enough in the UK that they so don't have to... So we're being punished.
2: Finished. So we're being punished because yeah, we're, we, we've done so much with so yeah. little. Yeah. We don't need a little assistance. We don't need a little leg up, a little nudge, a push yeah. in the right direction, cultivate the scene just because we've got champions galore.
3: Don't argue with me. I would love to have a, P, a PI <laughs> in, the, in the UK. Um, Harrington
2: always puts a bunch of stuff in the notes. Harrington, give us one here. I don't know which one to start with. In fact, we're going to start with number two, the Willy Wonka thing. Did you see this, this Laura? I did. I I know. So I just did a show for TNT Sports, so I've been busy all morning. So I've only just glanced at these things. and So Harrington put this in. Harrington said the same, please. This is – so as if this wasn't already bleak enough, what we're going to see, it was in Glasgow. Okay, yeah. so like just however bleak this could be, times it by ten in your <laughs> mind. Shout out to the Glasgow people, of course.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, so the, uh, the there there was a uh, experience that was marketed using artificial intelligence, right? So they had like A I R generated to show what Willy Wonka's Wonderland could look like. Uh, you know, with, with modern technology in twenty twenty four as a live experience. This is what was actually delivered. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, people who went uh, showed a lot of crying children, oh uh, very upset parents. Uh, people were charging, uh, I saw reports that were either $35 or $45 a ticket uh, for this warehouse walkthrough. Uh, is that a video, <laughs> Brian? Let's have a look. <laughs>
3: oh my god. Oh my god.
1: Why <laughs> <laughs> is Ronnie James Dio <laughs> awesome in that?
3: That's right, kid. That is the question. It is a warehouse. Well even isn't I'm no, not joking though. I've seen better birthday parties. Down the on the for this. Look look oh, at it, it's, it's empty. Absolutely what else? And I bet we have to pay for that fit over there. Oh my god. It's uh, like firefest. Yeah. These are like um.
0: Fire
2: the fest. Photo bits. You are...
3: know what I'm talking about? I do. What? Oh is Alright, we get the idea,
2: Brian. I mean look that is just bloody. <laughs> depressing. I mean, you get the kids all hyped up, you look at it, in the AI generated image, and then you go and get that. As a mother, as a loving mother, as an incredible mother, the strong, independent female that you are, what would be the response of Laura Sanko when you got there?
3: I would go full. I mean, in that situation, I would go full Karen, if you want to call it that. I would be asking for That's every single manager. I would be taking down everybody's name And then I would figure out who owned the company, even if it was an LLC, a shell LLC, I would figure out who owned the shell and I would find a way to make it right because I'm like a dog on a bone like that. If my child gets excited about something, if you sell my son a bill of goods, you're going to make good on that sale.
2: Oh, and I believe it. Uh, you just let's peel back the curtain now, because you're speaking like a woman that knows a little bit or two about finance, Laura. Mm. Tell, uh, tell, tell, tell the people what you used to do. What the old version of Laura Sanco was before you. are <laughs> looking Sanko at the expert. old version
3: right now. The younger <laughs> version.
2: <laughs> the younger version. You know the what I'm saying. Younger
3: version. Uh, yeah, I used to be in venture capital startup, so like early stage stuff. Nothing, nothing huge. But yeah, finance was my original career. So, what that was back when MMA was like my dangerous hobby uh and mm-hmm. then that was my real life job and then they kind of switched places. So,
2: is there anything that this woman can't do? My a god. Lot. My god. I just don't Could talk you talk about
3: it? No.
2: Good. Yeah,
3: there's lots I can't do. I can not You have you seen me try to play a real sport? It's awful.
2: What, what what's your best sport other than MMA or whatever? What is your best sport?
3: Uh, there isn't one. Climbing. Like I'm really good at climbing rock, but that's not a real sport. I'm saying football, basketball, baseball. It is, it's every, you know, girly stereotype you could ever imagine. I'm terrible.
2: Anything with a ball.
3: Anything that, yeah. DC said it on air. (laughs) That was
2: not a leading statement. Uh, uh, No, I know. know. But it's true that I'm the same ball games. I suck. I'm awful. I suck. And I feel bad as a father because Callum, and I shouldn't even say this, he can't throw a ball. Right. But it's, it's your still, fault. Yeah, well, it is because I'm so shit at them. So I should have been out there, you know, like throwing the ball and yeah. all the rest of it. But I don't do that. Do you know what I mean? So he can, wasn't doing that.
3: I can throw a football and catch a football okay. Like if I had to pick anything from mainstream sports that I wouldn't look ridiculous doing, it would be throwing a football. But it can't be a normal nfl size ball because I have very – I have little midget hands and I can only get my hand around like the little – I'm not going to say the tip. I just said it. I know, I, I know, I know. I know. A
2: lot of, what are you doing? Uh, no, Callum pushes. He pushes. The, yeah, I'm like, dude, you got to give it a bit of whip. Yeah. you got to give it, you know what I mean? And Although, it. Love you, Callum. You're very good at wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? You found your thing, that's for sure. Um, all right, so the Willy Wonka thing was shit. What's the best thing you've done with your kids? Like Outside, mm. like going to something, uh, an event or anything like that, what's one thing that stands out in your mind?
3: Honestly, the tower, the tower of London, I mean, probably not a big deal for you because it's right, not too, nope. too far, but it was incredible. I mean, really, all of London was amazing. But as an American, you know, we get excited about stuff that's from the 1800s <laughs> to be walking around and having the guy be like, this wall is from four. This yeah. building is from two. You know, it's crazy.
1: Hey, Mike, is the is like uh, the Tower of London kind of like the Empire State Building? Like i live in new york i went to the empire state building once when i was a kid because my like tourist cousins came in but i it's not like a uh activity that new yorkers do is go to like the uh the deck you know
2: yeah 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 so every time we are in London. We have to go to the Tower of London because Rebecca is absolutely obsessed with it. It's her favorite place in the bloody world. She wants to. We've, we've had the tour, I don't know how many times, yeah. right? We were there last summer. It was boiling hot. They got yeah. the beef eaters. The beef eaters are like the prison guards that were like the highest of the high. They call them the beef eaters because they actually got to eat beef. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm standing there baking in the bloody sun, listening to the same shit. Half a hangover on my offer crying out loud i'll be in the gift shop getting a coffee She said, like, do you not want to do the tour i'm like babe we've done it seven times it's okay matter. so
3: but the, I, is I am cool. convinced and i don't know if you looked through the comments on the last time we did the show i am convinced that your wife and i would be very good friends if we ever got to hang out and someone was like they should start a podcast and i thought you know what maybe we should
2: Oh my Just god! Oh my god, Rebecca! Rebecca, <laughs> uh, you guys would be great friends, except she doesn't have friends. I don't either. She, oh god! There's a reason why <laughs> she has no friends. She didn't. No, but she doesn't want them. You know what I mean? She she has like a couple of friends that she went to school with. That yeah. she keeps in touch within Australia. But yeah, I have two best friends, no- and
3: that's it. Yeah, yeah.
2: she is exactly the same way. All right, today's episode is sponsored by Price Picks, which is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers instead of going up against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You just pick more or less. Like, for example, this weekend in the basketball, you just pick – Will certain players get more or less points? It's that easy. And you can 25X your money. You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. There is quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That is what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app available. So this weekend, basketball games on deck. Steph Curry's back in action. Will he get over or under five assists? Damian Lillard, will he get over or under 23.5 points? And Brandon Miller, will he get over or under 3.5 three-pointers? As I say, it could not be any easier. PricePix also offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football, basketball season. Whatever it is that you want to bet on, you're going to get paid out quick. You can deposit quick. You do it with Apple Pay, all that good stuff. So take advantage of this offer that we have. By going to prizepicks.com/slash believe, use the code believe and you will get a deposit match of up to one hundred dollars. Use the code believe for a first deposit match of up to one hundred dollars. Right, Israel Arasanya says that uh, Du DuPlessis is essentially ducking him the, the headline here. Israel Adesanya says that he was offered the UFC 300 main event, but Drikus turned down <clears throat> fighting on that day. He also says that once he takes care of DDP, the Sean Strickland will be next.
3: Well, I'm glad to see that he's, you know, injecting himself back in the conversation. That always makes for better times at middleweight division, but Drake has just fought in late January. Like, give the guy a break. you know, i mm. I'm not I'm not uh, expecting him to be back this soon anyway. I think that's a little bit much to ask. I think he I mean, he made a pretty relatively quick turnaround to fight Sean in the first place. So I, I don't yeah, I think it's to say he's ducking, I think is uh, is a bit much. He probably is dealing with some injuries or just wants to rest or just wants to prepare for you properly. I don't really. yeah, yeah,
2: well. See. I think Drick has said it perfectly himself. When you're trying to become the champion, when you're working your way you got to do this. You got to take yeah. risks. You got to take short sure notice fights. You got to step up that maybe when your body's not optimal. But when you become the champion, you are afforded the luxury of saying, nah, I'm not ready. I'll still fight relatively soon, but I need another month, six weeks, two months, whatever it is. So I have no problem with him there saying that. Uh, Sean Strickland is next. For Israel Adesanya, would you see that fight going any different than the first one?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think that the way that Izzy's able to game plan, he might be able to to figure out some some ways to work around the volume of sh- I mean, the biggest thing is that he just put Izzy on the back foot the entire time. And Izzy can't allow him to do that. If he were to fight in a different style, I think I think he's the better technician. Um, but I will say that I and I said this going into that fight. I Sean will always be a tough fight for Izzy's natural style. Izzy's going to have to mm. fight a little bit differently than what I think his favorite way to fight would be in order to have the best type of fight against Sean. He's he's going to have to make some adjustments obviously. Um but do I think he's capable of doing that? Yeah, I do. I think it'd be a tough fight for for Sean the second time.
2: Brian Brian loves Sean
1: Strickland. Okay,
2: everybody does. I love too. him too.
1: Defensive. I think he's great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> have you been keeping up with his Twitter feed lately? Me?
1: Not All of us I have. Oh my god. I'm going to pull it up right now. I mean,
2: though. every day there's just wild, wild <laughs> shit because he's uh, you, you know when you act a certain way and then people and enjoy it and you get praised, yeah. it reinforces that behavior. So it seems like every tweet is getting just more and more yeah. down a certain pathway. Do you know what I mean? I, uh, Brian, bring up his Twitter feed if you can. I can't think of any, any any of them off the top of my head. We had the thing with the Navy SEALs, yeah. which we talked about on Monday's show. Oh, fat people. Uh, here's why I don't trust fat people. Fat people are hard to look at. You're sweaty all the time. You all struggle to do anything in life. It is funny, especially eating. You betray your arteries daily for sugar. You will betray me for less. Um, Uh, He's got some points.
3: Yeah, I mean, I had this conversation with someone in a comment section not that long ago because what's weird about Sean is like, he'll say some, just a topic that applies to me. He'll say some wild shit about women, right? And then at the same time, he will be one of the first to praise uh, my commentary or me having a shot at that role. So that's those two things seem in contrast to each other, right? And my point to this woman who was like, I don't know how you can like him. He's so awful about when he talks about women. And I was like, yeah, listen, I get it. And you're not wrong. If I was in your position, I'd probably feel the same way too. But having met him and spent at least a little bit of time around him, here's the thing I'll tell you about Sean. What he says, uh, Women should stay in the kitchen. That's where they belong. That's where we went wrong is when we let women voting and, you know, and and let them out of the kitchen, whatever. What he means is I think nuclear families are important. And I think that, you know, mm-hmm. traditional family values lead to a better society. It's just you don't get attention when you say things that way.
2: You should be a defense attorney as well as a finance expert, a lead commentator for the UFC. I mean, because that was quite the spin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my client said, you know, <laughs> all women belong in it. What he meant was that the families are values. important. <laughs> and having the woman there, nurturing the household, mm-hmm. making it a home, cooking mm-hmm. lovely meals and encouraging the husband after <laughs> a hard day's work, oh, oh. running him a bath. and. Yeah. Giving him a little foot massage. That's what he meant. Yeah. I think Shaw's just having fun with it all, to be honest. You know I what agree. I mean? And he's doing the right thing because he's polarizing as hell. And that is what you want, right? We've talked about this a lot. You, When you walk out there, you don't want a polite clap. You want half of the arena. Ah, let's go Strickland, And you want the other half saying, God, I hope this yeah. motherfucker gets knocked
3: out. I think he might be the most popular fighter on the UFC roster. And Whoa. I think he's close Big statement. I know. I think he's, you're going to th- think I'm crazy. I think he's probably getting close to in the don't realm of Connor. Don't say I said it. it. I said it. He's not going to be making that type of money anytime soon. It, and I don't know that as it will last, because I don't know how long he can, put on spectacular performances that back up everything he does on the microphone, but it, do- it kind of doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. He has figured out. He figured out a need in the fan base and met that need and meets it every single day. <clears throat> And it's a well, part of the fan base I don't think was getting fed before. And they're like, now they can't get enough. He is crazy to me how popular he is.
2: Well, 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 and part of that is because what he's doing its its because everybody's sick of this political agenda, yeah. which is being forced fed down everybody's throat. OK, about, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. you know, and, and he and, says it. And, and he says it and people yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. You know, and we all it's, live There's by bigger hair, things to worry about than people's bloody pronouns and stuff like that. There's real issues in the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And these issues need to be focused on. People getting upset because they use the wrong pronouns or whatever it is. It's like, really? Really? Is, the, is that the biggest thing you've got going on in your life. When you see these videos on Twitter, someone's losing their mind and screaming, I can't believe he called me a she when I am clearly a he or whichever way around it was. It's like, listen, all right, whatever. Okay, I get that. And I sympathize with you, maybe. I don't really, but, you know, for the sake of argument, I'll say that I do. But is it really worth going to Twitter? and making a video or going online or on TikTok? Is that the biggest issue you have? There's people dying on here. Just this morning, there was a terrible event that happened in Gaza overnight. I turned the news on it. It's just bloody awful, right? There's shit happening all over the world. And you're you're getting misjudged. Anyway, what what I'm saying is people are kind of fed up with this messaging. And I think he's really uh, tapping into that fan base. But on something you said there, Brian and Hamilton, have a think about this. If we get stuck, let's go through... The five most popular fighters. This was not in the notes. This is on the fly. So oh. you're saying Strickland's right up there. Hamzat Chimiev.
3: Yeah, although I would say he's maybe waned a little bit, but I would say he's up there. I think Izzy's still up there, although he waned a little bit. I think Sean O'Malley's up there. Yeah, um,
2: O'Malley for sure, a good one.
3: Yeah, so yeah, I, that would I, be...
2: I, th- I think Sean Strickland is kind of what, was responsible for some of the declining Izzy. And I'm not talking yeah. about the fight. I'm talking about the way he turned all the fan base against him. And I think that had a big reason for why he beat Izzy in the first. You know, he brought up all the dog stuff and all the mm-hmm. rest. of it. took a lot of it out of context, whatever. And then all the the MMA dickheads went and found all the, these this other stuff online and it formed this narrative. And I think it kind of messed with his head. But yeah, O'Malley, Hamza, Strickland mcgregor's obviously up there yeah,
3: mcgregor's obviously still number one um yeah by far yeah but how many is that Pereira. <laughs> yeah oh yes yes thank you for bringing that one up it that's another one that to me you know we used to we used to have this narrative that like until unless fighters spoke english they were never really going to be needle movers and that just is not the case anymore social media has allowed people to uh generate fan bases outside of their natural, their natural language in a way that just wasn't possible. You know, I, I making, prefer natural. Natural? Natural?
2: Yes. Yes. It's my natural it's
3: language. It's my natural my, yes, my accent.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, though. We say all this and we don't mention John Jones. That's a good it, point. I, no, it's an interesting one, yeah. isn't it? Because he is, right? The consensus GOAT, if we will, yes. without starting that whole bloody conversation. You know what I'm saying? He's up yeah. there. He's one of no, them. No, I'm I'm of the belief, yes. Yeah. Is he one of the most popular fighters though? Because yeah. he should be on paper in Harrington and Brian. you're welcome to give an opinion. Go ahead, Laura.
3: Well, I was gonna say he he is, but there's such a um oh, this word is so annoying, but relevancy, you know, you are are you of the moment and the mm. moment is now. And because he hasn't fought in forever and the shoulder, and you know we didn't really see much last time, he's not like he's not someone who's going to go out there and just grab a hold of the zeitgeist uh, in the way that Sean does or O'Malley does, but yes, of course he's still on that list
0: mm.
1: I think a lot of the hype around John Jones fighting these days is is this the day that he loses, mm. so I think a lot of yeah. people are are waiting on John Jones's downfall. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, that's actually an interesting take, Brian, because it has to happen at some point, right? And I, I think though that the fact that he doesn't fight as frequently is still part of the allure. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he yeah, had three years away. Now he tore his pec. Not his fault. Injuries happen, you know. I would, I would be very interested to know the pay per view numbers. I, I think he's more of a draw. Than what people think, it's, it's John bloody Jones, man. You yeah. can't miss a John Jones fight, especially now as he's getting towards the end of his. I say the end of his career. He can fight for another five years. Who knows? But you know what I'm saying.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, I, I I wish I wish we had a better sense of it. I, of course, I think that when the when John gets booked, that pay per view is going to be massive. It's going to be absolutely massive. I think what I'm talking about, like when when you started this conversation. It's just funny that my mind immediately goes to like, who is the most popular in the, in an, in like this instant, you know? Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. Cause I forgot about John Jones as well. We were saying Hamza. We're saying this guy, that guy, and the other guy. And then I was like, oh my God, we got John Jones. We can't forget the career and what he's done.
0: Herringbone. So I have a list here of the uh, top five active fighters, uh, not uh, Conor McGregor, just by Instagram following, which is, you know, it's not the best metric, but. Um, it does show a certain level of popularity. Uh, Israel Adesanya, number one. John Jones, number two. Islam Makachev, number three. Hamza Chimaev, number four. And Charles Oliveira, number five. <sighs> we were yeah. way off.
1: All that being said about John Jones, apparently, uh, John Jones' return resulted in the highest grossing commercial pay per view for the UFC in the year. So, uh, nah. 285 was their biggest pay per view. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh. And Harrington, you look like you're coming at us from the set
0: of alien. Yes. No, I was I was going for the Batcave because you said Batcave.
3: Uh, I, I,
2: I like it though. I like it. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh so Charles Oliveira, I can't believe he didn't say that. Yeah. So Izzy's, in terms of Instagram following, obviously without McGregor, because I'm sh- I'm sure he's ten times everybody. So it's Izzy. Just give me that list again, Hamilton. Uh,
0: so the the full list is uh, Connor, Khabib, Ronda, uh, then Izzy. Uh, as far as active fighters, number one, uh, John Jones, Islam, Hamzat, and Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Islam, so those,
3: I, it, I wonder understand. if, yeah, if those, ahead, I was just gonna say, I wonder if those very passionate fan bases translate one for one to pay per view buys. Though, like, like the, we always talk about the Kazakh fan base being insane, and they are. Absolutely nuts. But I wonder if, you know, are all 150,000 people that commented on my one photo each buying a pay per view? That's what I'm curious about. I don't know.
2: Are they each buying a Laura Sanko, believe you me, podcast hoodie? That's the real question I want to know. Let's be. go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know Brandon Moreno being the first Mexican champion, right?
2: Yeah, see, that's interesting because, of course, popularity will be very high, but I. I uh... I, I hesitate before I say this because it sounds disrespectful, but I, I, I think – am I right in saying this? As you get to the really lower weight classes, for some reason, it affects a little bit of the popularity?
3: I think so. I, I have yeah. a theory about this.
2: Please go ahead.
3: I think that at the end of the day, the the more average fan, the, the fan that's buying only pay-per-views and not necessarily watching, you know, fight fight nights like this weekend – there's a part of what drives you to the sport where you want to look at the guys fighting as superheroes. You don't want to feel like you could go out there and do the same thing. Right. When I watch an NBA player dunk, I know that there's no fucking way I could ever do what they're doing. Yeah. Same thing with a lot of, but something about fighting, there's always that part of like, well, I could do that. And I think what happens at the lower weight classes, there's a part of the, the brain that's like, oh, I could take, I could still take that guy. He only weighs 125 pounds. Like, so I think that's why heavyweights will always have this allure to them because they've got that superhero mystique. But that's just my...
2: No, I no, know. no. I, I think you're pretty much on the money because people do. They want to put them on a pedestal. They mm-hmm. want to look at them as doing things that they could never dream of doing. Of course, most people couldn't dream of doing what Brandon Moreno or Roy exactly. They could not dream of you're that. You're wrong. Again, yeah. You can't do that for 25 minutes at that level, that, that technical ability. Never as they're sitting on the couch with a big bag of ruffles and a can of beer and then 400 pounds. You ain't going to do that, bro. But you're right. For the average human being, seeing this big, massive dude glistening in muscles, flying mm. in through the air, doing head kicks, you know what I mean? That sells. That's Listen, sexy. The glisten. Mike sells. Tyson.
3: What? <laughs> I said the glisten sells every time. The glisten. The glisten. Because,
2: Oh, God, there's some jokes there, but I'll leave it alone.
3: Uh, Gilbert
2: Burns has said that Bilal Muhammad isn't a big enough draw for a title fight before pointing out the three men ahead of Bilal in the running for a title. He said, I know the UFC has to put on the best fights, but I don't Think, honestly, Bilal Muhammad deserves to fight for the belt, but honestly, I'm not intrigued. I know they wanted to make Hamza, they wanted to do Shavka, and they wanted to do Islam. The UFC wants to make the biggest fights, the craziest fights, the fights that are going to sell. Of course, Bilal responded, this bum has done nothing but cry since losing. I took the fight off the couch because I knew you suck, and it would be easy.
3: And (laughs) we're waiting for a response. Well, what's funny about this is, like, it was not that long ago. First of all, I don't, I don't agree with Gilbert. Gilbert sounds a little salty in this. I mean, if if Balal hasn't earned a shot at the title, I don't know who has. Is he as popular as Hamza? No, he's probably not. But at some point, at some point, we have to operate on a meritocracy. Like, maybe not all the time, but hopefully most of the time. And what's crazy to me is not that long ago, like this was the exact narrative about Leon Edwards. And now Leon Edwards is a badass who doesn't say no and who knocks people out and yada, yada, yada. But like literally two years ago, if we were having the same conversation, like, oh, he goes with decision a lot. Like he's not a little exciting. So I just, I get so annoyed when we put these fighters in like a a box and don't let them out of it. He's earned his shot, people.
2: (laughs) You said that perfectly. You did, because you're absolutely right, because that was the exact narrative surrounding Leon. He needed that big one. Then he fought Nate Diaz, and he he got wobbled in the fifth round, so that yeah. kind of damage took away, took the shine off the victory. You know, the glisten wasn't there. Um, you're right. You're right. You, we said that perfectly. However, however, I understand what Gilbert's saying. Yeah. For UFC too. 300, it wasn't going to be the one. It might happen at three or two. Three or three, three or four. It's probably going to happen. Bilal cannot be denied, okay? And I just hope, I just hope it happens soon. I know. For Bilal, for Leon, for my mental clarity, because I'm sick of bloody hearing about it. Fair play to Bilal Muhammad. He's campaigning. He's putting his case forward, Yeah. right? Ad nauseum might be a, 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 a saying that springs to mind.
3: You have to, though. I mean, if he wasn't, if he was sitting back quietly, that's not going to get the job done. You you have to become, you know, a little annoying about stuff sometimes. I speak yeah. from experience.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, you do get annoying at times. I know. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. He does deserve it. He does. And it's funny because we all... You know, and Bilal's one of the nicest guys you'll meet. He yeah. really is a class act. You know, I've never had a single issue. I've never seen him. I've never heard about a single issue. I've never heard about him being disrespectful to anybody. It's just kind of becoming a meme at this point, isn't it? You know what I mean? Which is, which is really unfair because he fights his ass off, took the undefeated record against Sean Brady, beat Gilbert Burns, anybody else. It will be time. So time will tell. All right, Today's episode is sponsored by Chalk. That is C-H-O-Q dot And they specialize in natural testosterone boosters. OK, men's testosterone levels, they are at an all time low. And if you're getting on, if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, Every year your muscle mass is decreasing. Your testosterone levels are dipping and it's just a problem that's going to compound. It's going to get worse. You're going to lose muscle. You're going to gain fat. You're going to have less energy. You're not going to be as much as a man as you used to be, and that is why you're got to take the bull by the horns and give that testosterone a nice little boost, but you want to do it a natural way and in a healthy way. You want to do it with a product that is full of good ingredients, where those ingredients are listed to the exact clinical amounts, okay? There's no label, fluffing, or underdosing. Chock Daily is the cleanest research-based testosterone booster available on the market. And here's the really good news. It works. You will feel the difference, okay? Testosterone is a vital ingredient for a man. And if you're not getting the gains from the workouts, if you started to get out of shape, if the libido's dropping, you just haven't got the same pep in the step. The testosterone dropping, that's what's going on. Give it a boost. Do it the right way. Do it the cleanest way and do it the natural way with Chalk Daily. And along with Chalk Daily, be sure to check out the Male Vitality Stack and the Stack Ultra. Right now, go to Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. While you're there, use the code BISPING. You will get 35% off your entire order, Okay. Continue this year with a bang or get it going with a bang and give the missus a good bang. <laughs> uh, sorry about that bit. Go to Choc.com, dot q.com. The promo code is Bisping for 35% off your entire order. Um, are you aware of the Florida Man Games?
3: No, but I can only imagine what that entails.
2: What do you think it entails?
3: um the florida man, blow drying game. your hair in a in a bathtub full of water
2: <laughs> it sounds like somebody in florida would do uh harrington i don't know much about this either come on and uh, this is what so they, 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 this is harrington's version of porn he was looking <laughs> up porn and he stumbled across the florida man games he's like oh this it is fun. it <laughs> he's
3: like
2: this is not yeah, I mean I- at all but this is awesome
0: I usually start my search with man games, So that is correct. Um, the uh, So it, what it is, is it's prestigious award uh, that they give out to the most Florida man possible. Mm. Uh, they have them compete in different types of events, uh, such as like eating a whole bunch of bacon, uh, drinking beers out of those, like, you know, the helmets that have the beer cans on top um, and being handcuffed in the back of a car while trying to, and then trying to evade police. Uh, so trying, <laughs> If you want to pull up, uh, if you want to pull this up, these are, these are, you know, true athletes. Uh, buying Serious for, question. Uh, the title what of the hell tournament.
1: are we doing here? Three, two, one, yeah. let's Florida. Here we go. He's Looking for cool. headshots right away. Really takes right, it. Oh, 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 oh. I got my phone. I got my phone. Got... Okay, ciao. Wait, did he jump through the window?
3: We didn't tell him to jump through the window.
1: He's going to prove the truth.
2: i think we've seen enough of that so basically (laughs) you're rewarded for being the best version of a criminal or the biggest degenerate possible whoever can be the biggest degenerate escape custody from the police commit crimes whoever's the
0: best at that wins the cup
3: yeah what do you win i wonder
0: oh come on now it's florida it's a wwe (laughs) style championship belt (laughs) that
3: makes sense that makes sense have you ever seen the car jujitsu?
2: Oh, I think I have actually, yeah, where they're fighting in the car with the seatbelts on.
3: That actually interests me. I'm not going to lie. That, <laughs> that interests me. I would me.
2: like to see that. Um, what is it, as an Englishman that moved to California mm. 13 years ago, and I'm going to move away at some point, um, Florida gets a bad rap. It does. Right? People talk about Florida. Is it true? And I'm not asking you to condemn and, and, and we'll throw it to the panel in a second. But the the reputation around Florida is that is it is it well, true to life or is there good and bad in every part of society? There's
3: good and bad in every part of society, but there is a particular um genre of white trash that exists in Florida. Now, I could also say that Michigan has its own special blend of white trash individuals and i say that with affection i have those people in my family i'm not uh speaking ill of of that group of individuals but yeah i think the warm climate um lowers inhibition that's my theory you know less clothing longer daylight hours you're not beholden to being in a house when it's and there's alligators fucking everywhere they're Uh. literally everywhere have you have you been to florida and just No,
2: I I went to Jacksonville, Florida for the fires that time in the pandemic. I went there. Where did I go? Not Miami. What's the other one? What's the other one? It's the other side. It's the other side. Well?
3: No. Not Orlando. Jacksonville, no. Tampa. Tampa. Tampa.
2: I went to Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, it was was, was Tampa. I went to Tampa, man, and I didn't really think it was. I thought it was all right, man. Tampa.
3: Tampa.
2: It's fucking all right, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know do that anybody would American like, accent.
3: I don't know that anybody would be like, hold up Tampa as the as the, no. the shining example of but Miami's pretty cool. You went, did you I've go to never Miami? Never been
2: to time? Miami. Never been there in my life. And Are you I'm going devastated. To no. Oh. I never funny. get to go to Miami. Cheeto gotcha. Vera's fighting. Yeah. Carillo, my very good friend and coach, will be there. As you know, this is the main event, and this is a great segue into this. Um, because you'll be in there, you, you'll be there being a big shot, probably doing the weigh-in shows. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. Speaking to all the fighters, lordy yeah. darn it up. You know, I'll be sitting here at home dealing with Harrington and Brian, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Beavering away on my little YouTube channel, but you'll be big wigging it up with Dana White and all the boys. Uh, talk I'm to me about the that-
3: weighing show checks, trust me.
2: Oh, <laughs> you're getting loaded <laughs> of them. Uh, <laughs> talk to me about this main event because. It's this is a big fight card,
3: it is a great fight card, phenomenal. Um, and I can't rattle it off top to bottom, but the main event is enough to sell me on it. I it was a rematch that you kind of knew had to happen at some point because Sean initially was always like that. You know, I didn't lose, I got injured. Go back and watch it, and you can't really claim that you got a freak injury because you got injured for being kicked. Um, and that was. Became a big part of the narrative that has always been attached to Sean since then is, yes, he's talented. Yes, he's an incredible knockout artist. His timing, his movement, his, you know, he's special. But is he, uh, is he durable enough to go against these guys that hit hard, that kick hard and have these longer fights? So far, the answer has been yes. Um, But I think a lot of people feel like Cheeto you know, he did it once. Could he do it again?
2: Well, if he did it once, he can do it again, but it wouldn't be the same way, right? How often do you see one of those leg kicks land? It hits the peroneal nerve. I think there's been a few instances. I think there was Cejudo Mm -hmm. when he fought, was it Demetrius? Did it happen I think it was,
3: yes. I think it was, who was that?
2: We had Jimmy Crute, was it?
3: With Anthony Smith.
2: With Anthony Smith, that was one there.
3: Chandler had um, some in Bellator, like, when he fought. Um, I'm forgetting his name. I always We mean, had, obviously, say
2: O'Malley and Cheeto. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, that, you know, in all the thousands of fights that happen, it's not too often. It's like banging your funny bone. You know, It's you got to get it in that perfect spot. So it's not going to happen like that. But Cheeto does have the power. Mm-hmm. I think he has the power advantage. I, I think O'Malley's, uh, I, th- I think he's faster. Yeah. You know, he's a beautiful boxer, but but Cheeto has never been knocked out, and the chin that he has is unbelievable. And that's why, you know, he, he's known for getting off to the slow starts. And mm-hmm. he does. He is a slow starter. And every time, I, every time we've been on here and I've interviewed him, I feel like I'm being disrespectful because I talk about the slow start and I, I can see it annoys him a little bit. And I'm, I have so much respect for the man. I, it's not what I mean. Sometimes I don't choose the best words. Um, but I know that it, it is something that they're working on. But he, he's never been knocked out. And I don't see O'Malley knocking him out i really don't
3: mm. did you guys ever i know you're quite a quite a ways apart in weight classes obviously but wow. did you guys ever spar wow
2: we did we did well, i
3: can i can do math i mean that is quite a 35 we, to 85 is quite, quite well, it's
2: not 85 <laughs> it's not 95 it's not 205 <laughs> we can keep going we can keep going what you weigh uh, in these days 220 what am i weighing yeah yeah 218 yeah. So like Monday, because I had a bad weekend. Monday was 220. Yesterday morning was 250.
3: See, I could lose five pounds in my sleep. I'd be a I'd be happy lady. That's
2: what Rebecca says as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So,
2: But well, that's not in my sleep. That's after my morning routine, which is 30 minutes on the peloton. Then I do my weights. Then I do my stretch. Then I do 30 mm-hmm. minutes in the sauna. And then I do the ice bath. Then okay. I get on the scale.
3: And then I get dump. on the
2: scale. What?
3: And I said, and a big old dump.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, I'm not going to weigh it, myself. I haven't gone to the bathroom. Yeah, yet. yeah, no, exactly. They've been hard to come by lately. I <laughs> <They> Just, <laughs> I digress. Um, constipation, man. It's killing me. I'm, I turned 45 yesterday.
3: I, damn it. I'm so, can I tell you something? I'm so mad at myself because I was laying in bed and I remembered it was your birthday and it was, it would have been, it was a weird, it would have been weird if I texted you that late at night. So I was like, oh, I'll just save it for when I'm on the show with him. And then today, uh, I completely, completely... And I had to be that
2: dickhead that brought it up himself. No.
3: Because anyone I, that
2: goes on about their own birthday, they're dickheads. I'm sorry. Americans, with respect, they make too much of a big deal. Well, was well, I shouldn't say Americans. A lot of women around Orange <laughs> County. So just they have, <laughs> uh, Maybe. And not, not, not all women. But there's people, I see them on Instagram, they have birthday weeks now. It's my birthday week. That's I'm like, lot. what are you talking about? Yeah. Birthday week.
3: Well, what are you doing for your birthday week?
2: Nothing. Do you know what I did yesterday? I spoke to the fighters for five hours because <sighs> we got fighter meetings. Uh, then I went for a nice long walk with Rebecca. And then uh, I got a couple of books.
3: Yeah.
2: Got a couple of books for my birthday. And do you know what else you got, me as if, as, if, as if I'm not getting, you know, just to tell you that you're getting old. Yeah. A robe. <laughs>
3: you know what I mean? Oh, very sweet. I, is I just, I always picture you guys enjoying. Are you there, the Rebecca? glass of red wine in your robe. Can I tell you come
2: something? Come here. I... Yeah, no, I know. What else?
3: Like five days what? ago. well
2: oh, she's putting her eyebrows down. Are they on or off? Oh my God! Come here, come here, come on. We now, now people want to see. What the hell is this? Want to we'll say hi to Laura? <laughs> hi.
4: <laughs> don't laugh. How, how are, are you? you? They're not bad, right? This no, is not they're... the end product, just so you know. Oh, no, no, I had no idea. <laughs> Did you just get them tinted? No, I'm. i in the. I do it at home, so I'm oh, in the well. process. Of You're tinting, great. So I'm. Oh no, I do it all the time. Really? Because I like them dark, so I leave it on for literally like hours. You could have said. Yeah. I literally said I'm not camera ready. I've got yeah, eyebrow yeah, dye on. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is man. the mark
3: just... of a confident woman, okay? To come on your very popular podcast, mid-tint. <laughs> popular. Men will that. not even understand the process we're talking no. about. And I they're going to be like, oh, my God, God look at her face. eyebrows.
2: I was <laughs> just saying you bought me a a robe.
4: Yeah, a dressing gown, as we say in England. He doesn't <sighs> like it. He doesn't like it. <sighs> Why not? Because he's... I get I, ner- be- I get nervous giving oh my no God. He, uh, one. He's so hard to buy for, but two, <clears> like <throat> if he doesn't like it, no offense, like he'll just kind of say like, yeah." Like, mm-hmm. yeah and that's what you, why I lie? get. Yes, that's what I do.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, don't. <laughs> I'd rather you told me the truth, and so no. then therefore next year I can make a better guess. I can do a better job. But that's job. not
4: being grateful. Sorry. No, 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 no. I was very, very grateful. But I have a
2: bath. Uh, 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 As what, what do they call it? I have a dressing gown. a robe, you guys call it bathrobe. <laughs> I have one that I really like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I've had it for a while. Yeah, and it's a nice design. I like it.
3: Do you like the but thick it's, kind, I, like it's a terry cloth?
2: It's like it's like yeah. tartan. We call it. What do you guys? You guys Plash. say plaid. Yeah, I like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But the thing I, is, I, I like, know, like that it that's too. my. That's my, that's that's my role. Oh, so
3: you
4: want to use it? No, no, no. The thing is he just, he's so attached to it. Like uh-huh. he uses it all the time, but it's like, because he hangs it like by the like the patio doors. So the sunlight has like faded it mm. and it's got like these weird marks in it. it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these weird mom. marks in it. <laughs> I, <laughs> these strange stains on it. Oh <laughs> my god. I'm joking, that is a joke. <laughs> <I'll> Rebecca. <remember. laughs> I'm joking. Jesus. I've washed it. The eyebrows. Um, I know um, I'm scaring um, everyone. Um, but anyway, I got him a new robe. He doesn't like it. Oh. I got him um you got me three books. I got you three books. What were the aftershave. books? Um, Anthony Bourdain's book, like before he got super famous, mm-hmm. um, and then one on um, like one on like short little chapters, just on interesting like stories and yeah. facts, and and then um, the other one was how to live a long healthy life.
3: <laughs> it's called Outlive. Those yeah. are some incredibly thoughtful gifts. And can I oh, also give a shout out? Did you guys have a wedding anniversary recently? no uh, it's coming
4: up soon ish I don't it's know where did you
3: post a wedding picture recently uh, no yeah that was I
4: don't someone know where did. that came from because obviously Bruce introduced us at oh, our wedding yeah. and somehow that kind of resurfaced like last week maybe that's what you're talking about it I don't is know why. that's
3: exactly what it was so I just assumed mm. someone yeah wanted to post it because it was here, I, I, stunning both oh Both of you, I was like,
4: this "Thank is you." <laughs> oh, stop! But thank you. Oh, he yeah. wants me to go. He's well, done. No, this is turning. Laura said. Laura said, "Why did you come in here in the first place?"
2: About the gifts, I didn't know you were going to come in, like you know, <laughs> looking like an extra from the bloody weird uh, Willy Wonka place. You know what I mean? The weird
4: Willy Wonka. You know
2: that place? The, the Willy Wonka place we were talking about it earlier. You 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 go down well with those <laughs> eyebrows. Stupid. I was just wanting to ask about.
4: I forget what it was. Now. The gifts. I bought you a pair of shoes as well, but I'm I'm returning them. Have you not given them to no. me? No. Oh my god! <laughs> I want them. I know, but you won't want them. I changed my mind. I want to go and get them right now. No, no please. You can the that that. So much rejection. No, no. That's no, hold on, the hold on, hold
2: on.
4: For the show. He's like.
2: No, please. You won't like him. That's for the show. I'm literally. Go and get them. Big for the right. The Grand <laughs> Bailey. She's. Oh my. You're. Were, You're. Were... No, bring them back. Bring them. Oh, my you gosh. Better,
3: per- you better fucking like them, Michael.
2: What <laughs> if I don't? It
3: doesn't matter at this point. You can't keep rejecting I her efforts. Okay. I'm not rejecting
2: her bloody efforts. Kind I don't of- reject any of her efforts. I'm very, very grateful for everything, but just the <laughs> robe. I was, I was like, I, I, I like it. I said, but I, I like my one. You know what I'm saying? The
3: What's one that? with the crunchy stains on it. No, the one, it's,
2: it's nice. It's, it was a very expensive one. I think that one was from Target. Okay. So like <laughs> this one was sent by a sponsor. I think they're like $500 to buy. It's good. It's nice. Okay. She bought one for like $17.99. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And I, got you that. I was from Saks. Okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, the usual stuff
2: oh, <laughs> nice. These are great. Hold on. Well, why wouldn't I like these?
3: Well, I love them. What did I you like say? Them those were well. you,
1: Mike. Those are exactly the kind of shoes I, I picture you want. You change with. your
3: mind and
2: you said sending. I know I like them. Nice bit of Ralph Lauren. Yeah. They're very nice, but they're cool. Why didn't you like them? So so, so for those people, because Brian will edit this up, as Rebecca handed them to me, I got cut off. It's yeah, like they, they were well. that bad. They were that bad. I ended the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you, Doc. I like those. Yeah. They're very nice. Yeah, I will wear them with pride. Now, thank you, okay. Ma. You're bye, a wonderful woman. Bye. bye. Laura says bye. And shall we get back in? Shall we get this back on track? Rebecca? Sort the eyebrows out. Oh my God. Every bit of a foundation or whatever it is that you Can are. I
3: tell you my funny story real quick?
2: I know I'm joking, babe. <laughs> I know you can hear me. That's the bit. Come on.
3: So like five nights ago, I my I'm laying in bed with my son. Putting him to bed. And he's like, Can you um will you read me the Michael Bisping book, please?
0: Oh God,
2: what a guy. I'm genuine. What a guy.
3: Cause I was like, I'm so because he always wants to watch YouTube shorts because I don't let him watch shorts or TikTok. So occasionally he's like, Can we can we watch them together? Cause that way I can control what he's seeing. And I was like, We're not doing screens tonight. I just want to talk. He's like, Okay, well then read the Michael Bisping book to me. So we read a few chapters. When was this last night? It was like a few nights ago. Yeah, Right, right. he's he's it's he's I'm not going to say he's obsessed, but he's like very intrigued by you and uh, in your life. And I was it was when your manager had done some underhanded things and like you signed the contract without really knowing. Yep. And so we had this whole conversation about business. Like, I'm just it's a funny thing to think about. Like, you were foremost in our bedtime conversation without even knowing it. But, yeah, that book is just a treasure trove.
2: Ladies and gentlemen. That is an authentic review by Laura Sanko. (laughs) Quitters never win. Um, I don't make any money off that. So don't buy it. Borrow it off somebody. Why? I don't know. I got paid up front. And then it's a long story. You know, these complicated contracts, the sons of guns. Anyway, Herringbone, save this show. Please get this back on track. That doesn't involve shoes. That doesn't involve caterpillars on eyebrows. Um, what have we got? Oh,
0: well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to a New York Times bestselling author. So I think that's a pretty cool thing that, that came out of that last little yes. bit there. But, but we'll um, so. <laughs> so I think I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I had a number two in the notes, uh, Henry Cejudo. Uh, He's walked back his retirement talk. So if you remember, he said that if he loses to Marab at UFC 298, uh, he is, that's it. He's hanging up the gloves. He said he can't go out like that. Um, that, That's that. He's, he's, he has to make another stand. And he says that his ideal opponent uh, would be Brandon Moreno you remember, they had the beef years ago. Uh, Moreno was training with him, and then he left to go train Demetrius for uh, the Cejudo rematch. Uh, So they've had bad blood since then, which led to Davis Figueredo joining uh, Cejudo's camp. Now Cejudo says, one-on-one, let's finish this thing. Uh, It's a fight that makes sense for both of us.
2: I'm just still in shock that she didn't give me the shoes. She thought I wouldn't like them. I feel, Rebecca, I love those shoes. Uh, Right. Go ahead.
3: I like this fight. I mean, I'm I'm a little like over Henry retiring, not retiring. But I also, I think he envisioned the fight with Marab in worst case scenario being an absolute war. And it just wasn't at all. Um, he got picked up like a little child and, you know, thrown about. So I could understand why you wouldn't want to go, you know, retire on those terms. He's clearly still a very talented fighter. I love the Moreno fight, but can he make 125? <sighs>
2: At thirty-seven years old,
3: yeah. Or do you think Moreno goes up, goes up to bantamweight just for the hell of it? I I, I don't
2: listen. I like Henry. I right? I was within him fight week. I was commentating it. We did some interviews for the YouTube. Uh, I like Eric Elbarasine, mm-hmm. the captain, whatever you know. So I I I want to choose my words really carefully, but um he looked like his age had caught up with him in that fight. He's 37, you know, and listen, if he wants to come back and fight, great. Will I watch it? 100%. And I think a lot of people will. Uh, Calling out Moreno, who's a weight class lower, even though he fought at 125 for a long time. I'm not sure if that was the call out. That, because what we like about Henry is that he's always gone for the toughest challenges. Mm -hmm. He came and beat Demetrius. Then he, for TJ, you, you know, you know what I'm saying. He's always pushed himself. He's always challenging himself. Take it on Moreno, that's what he's lost his last two now.
3: Yeah, you know, I think is this him just recognizing like this isn't a title run. This is just a fight I want to have that in my mind. We're gonna to go toe to toe, punch for punch, take down yeah. for take down, and then I dick can for
2: dick, we in a win,
3: loser, draw. I can feel good about laying my gloves down. I just think he wants a war or a win, and that's it.
2: You know, when you put it like that, how can you have an issue with that? And I guess for him, because he's proud of his Mexican heritage and Brandon Moreno being the guy that he is, then yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I still think – I mean, yeah, as I say, he he started to look 37 because 37 – we talk about the number being 35 in the lighter weight classes – He's thirty-seven. Hold on Wednesday's birthday, because he might be pushing thirty-eight. Uh, February, no, she's just gone thirty-seven. So but still,
3: it, that <sighs> that fight against Marab was a. It wasn't a championship fight, but it was a championship caliber fight,
2: without you know? question.
3: And again, the statistic, you know, held held true for the fighter thirty-five and over. And I think that's even more pronounced the lower that you go in the weight classes. So.
2: No, it is for sure, without question. Um, I thought he looked good in round one. He almost yeah. knocked—he almost knocked him out. Well, I said yeah. knocked him out. That's maybe a stretch, but he wobbled him big time. It was really good. It was really entertaining. And then the fight, Marab slowly just took over. And you got to think because it's hard as you get into that age. To still go, I mean, I don't know how old Ab is, about 30, something like that. To go at this insane pace, but it just gets harder as you're approaching 40. You just slow down a little bit. And mm-hmm. look at the, we were saying before about the lighter weight classes, people thinking they could do that. The speed, right, that these guys fight at, the pace is just ridiculous. That really is the definition of a young man or woman's mm-hmm. game. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just mentally exhausting, physically exhausting to just be fighting at that kind of crazy blistering Tasmanian devil pace for that long. It's like, of course, you're going to slow down a little bit. Um, I don't think going down to 125 is the answer. I say have some fun fights at 35 or yeah. 45. I yeah. still want to see him fight again.
3: Yeah, I agree. And I think what happens a lot of times is you get to that age where – you'll still have your moments in the gym against the same Mm. people you had moments against when you were at your peak and your brain goes, Oh, I still got it. Yeah. But I think what's really difficult for guys in that position is you can't, you just can't train at 90% for eight weeks straight the way that you could before. So you might have the moments, but it's the duration that is really difficult to replicate and therefore just doesn't, it doesn't find itself in the fight.
2: And it all comes back to, and this is, I think this is haunting him a little bit. And I don't know, because I haven't heard this from him, but he stepped away as a double champion for three years at the peak of his earning, at the peak of his ability, a double weight champion. He could have cashed in big time there. And I I think that probably haunts him. And I hope I'm wrong. I mean, the man's had an incredible career. Um Costa called out Hamza for taking easier fights and not facing him. He needs to stop running. He needs to have the balls to face me. Yes, for a long time, I don't, that's not a Costa. Not. Uh, long time, this guy avoided this fight. He has no balls. He's not Costa. If the guys don't push him, he has no balls to fight me. He wants easy fights. He wants to fight guys. You know, he wants to fight guys like me, Robert Whitgoat, or somebody else like that. You just fought Robert Whitaker Costa and lost. He wants to fight guys with no wrestling, no jiu-jitsu game,
0: no grappling, somebody like that. Why would Costa say
2: that about Hamza? He's
0: he's saying that... Go ahead. He's saying he doesn't want to fight uh, guys like him and Robert Whitaker.
2: Oh, sorry. Right.
0: Totally misread that. Thank God for Harrington. Um, Where did you get that quote, Herringbone? Uh, It was a Costa interview with Submission Radio. Submission Radio, Laura.
2: Let me ask you on this one on Submission yeah. Radio, real quick. Love those guys, yeah. Oh, great guys! Very good at what they do. Yeah. How many times did they text you asking for interviews? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I had <laughs> The great guys, and I owed them an interview. I said I'd do it. I said I'd do it. I was like, bro, come on.
3: <laughs> I, I, I hate saying. I hate saying I no. Know. I, I like to, you know, help people when I can, and they finally quit. Cause they used to have me come on after the pay-per-views immediately after. So I'd like be- get back to my hotel room at something. at so like two o'clock in the morning and then we'd start at two 30 and go to three. I mean, it was awful. And I was probably like, I just guys, I'm
2: sorry. No, no, Cause I said, I'd do it. I said, I would do it. I, and you know, because I asked people to come on here, I've got to repay the favor. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I was meant to do Jay Glazer's yesterday, but I was in so much pain with my neck. One-on-one Laura Sanko. There mm-hmm. it is. Um, uh, what is that? It's
3: my podcast.
2: Yeah. My I'll, I'll come on. I'll come okay. on. Rip this. Put it on yours. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> does, does, Brian, send her the link. Stick it on. Well. Uh, anyway. All right. Hamza Chimit. Yeah. What is going on with this guy? Never mind what he said about what Costa said about him. What's going on with Hamza? What do you know?
3: Well, I mean, I like this fight a lot, but in terms of what's going on with him, it always feels like a little bit of a mystery in terms of why he can't fight maybe certain places. Therefore, well, it feels like maybe he's ducking people, but isn't, but is, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I I thought he looked really good against Kamaru, but I think people expected him to look somehow even better and, you know, get the get the early finish like we're used to seeing from him. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I'm not sure how to answer it.
2: Yeah, no, no, you didn't. You didn't. You <laughs> skated around it like a pro. <laughs> no. Um I, I. when did he last fight? Kamara Usman. He's got yeah. yeah. I, we don't know this. The rumor is online and I don't know this for a fact, but they all say and you say it, you see it frequently, apparently can't get a visa because of, you know, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and Chechnya and all the rest of it. I don't know. I've seen that on Reddit. I've seen it on forums. I've seen it on people's Twitter. I don't know if that's the truth. Uh, But the inactivity is the only thing that's affecting Hamzat Chimeyev. He's an incredible force of nature. He's a ridiculous wrestler. And I love the bad guy persona. Uh, but maybe we see him, maybe we don't sometime soon because that's all he needs. He just needs to fight more frequently. Shamil Gaziv is the main event against Yazino Rosenstroke this weekend, Laurie. You're not commentating, I am. I could wax lyrical all day <laughs> could you? about Shamil Gaziv, He's making his UFC debut. Do you know much about this guy? Oh, I mean, I- probably commented on the Contender.
3: I did, I did. I remember from Contender Series. Yeah, he's listened. He's a big Hulk of a Russian guy and he can strike, he can grapple. He's incredibly durable, durable, like a lot of the guys from that country are undefeated. Um, you know, not necessarily a lightning rod personality, but that doesn't necessarily matter. I thought, Although,
2: I thought he was a funny guy.
3: He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of coming out of his shell a little bit on on Twitter, I feel like. So for
2: those people that don't know, Shamil Gaziv this weekend is fighting Jorginho Rosenstroke, and, and it's going to be a great fight because Rosenstroke always shows up and he loves to bang. That's kind of what he does. It's kind of like, you know, the grappling side of things, he struggles. Gaziv has got really good boxing as well. Knockout power, undefeated, 12-0. And, and we did the fire meetings and it's kind of like this and there's John Anik and all the rest of it. You know the setup explaining for the Believers. Uh, by the way, by the way, oh, I mentioned Believers i got a legit merch company, okay? I signed with WME. They're going to handle it all. So this actually will happen. So if anybody has any designs that they want to put into effect, because oh. that's what they said. They said, we'll get some designs. They said, why don't you ask your people oh. to do our work for free? If anyone wants to send a design in, and we will... <laughs> Turn it into a real piece of art and it will be sold everywhere, far and wide. <laughs> uh, so please send it into bynpot at gmail.com. Uh, as we were doing the fire meetings, the first thing John Annick, he's got like pictures of people in the background. He's like, Why you don't have my picture? Uh, why you, really? why you no picture of me? Soon you have my picture. I, I, I like this guy, yeah. Anik on blast straight away. Um, are you going to be watching the fights this
3: weekend? Always. Yeah, I always do. I feel like if you I don't, I get card. kind of, I get anxiety if you I don't now, I won't necessarily watch like every moment of every fight. Like I do a pay-per-view. Um, but the main card, and even if I yeah. fall asleep, the first thing I do in the morning is, is go and rewatch mm-hmm. it. Cause I, I feel like I just have a terrible case of FOMO if I don't at least watch the main event and co-main event and figure out what happened.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of UFC action, and I try and keep up with all of it. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. if I'm out and about living my life, being a family man with Rebecca, sometimes I'll miss some of the prelims and whatnot. But I try and watch as much of it as possible, obviously for research purposes as well. Because of that, I don't watch too much other MMA. And people... You just can't. There's not yeah. enough hours in the day. I can't watch all UFC. I can't watch PFL. I can't watch one FC. I'm sure there's some amazing fights. You know what I mean? And if there's a yeah. big one that catches my interest that normally involves a former UFC fighter, uh, then then I'll watch that as well. But generally, there's only so many hours in the day. When you're not MMA, yeah. when you're not building houses, when you're not being a mother and a wife uh, to your fantastic husband, yeah. Um. What else does Laura Sanko do?
3: Well, if I had more time, I would go back to showing horses, which I miss very much, oh. which I know. I see, the, I see the heavy eye roll of a man who has been sucked into the equestrian world.
2: Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go down that path. I know. Would you? Oh, in fact, in fact, we will. Check this out. Check this out. They're not going to watch this podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> So Rebecca got a horse, Mikey, a while ago. Her
3: horse is named Mikey?
2: She called it Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) She called it, it's not, that's not the real name. She nicknamed, she called him Mikey.
3: How fantastic to just drop that in a conversation with your girlfriends. Like, I'm just going to go ride Mikey and then mic drop and they don't know. They don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean. They don't know. How amazing of a human being must I be? (laughs) Yeah. To, allow. to inspire her <laughs> to call her horse after me. Yeah. You know, and no, no, that's not not what, what I was going to say. So we bought the horse and she 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 had a lot of fun riding it, but she fell off a couple of times and she, mm. she's hurt her back and stuff like that. And as she's, you know, but neither of us are getting any younger. So she's had to call it a day. Uh, but she's leased the horse out for a little while and she got some good money. And now they want to buy the horse, right? They want to buy the horse and we have an agreed price. Um, and she's doubled the money from what what we paid for it and she leased it already. But they've said now, said, oh, um, we had it looked over and we've had x-rays done and there's a problem with one. No, 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 no. Uh, So so we want to knock like 25% of the price off. So we said, okay, send the x-rays. They won't send the x-rays.
3: Interesting. Right? How old is yeah.
2: he or she? He, he. He's like I, I don't know. I think like thirteen. Oh, he's young then. Like yeah, crime. something I'm, I forget. He might be a bit older, a bit younger. Uh, but now they're saying right, they've got the X-rays, but they want like several hundred dollars to allow us to access them. What? And then Rebecca's trainer was like, hold on a minute. We know for a fact, because when we leased the horse, they had him looked over. Yeah. And he did have a thing before he was showing in the Olympics. I think he was used in the Olympics at some point. Um, he's always had this issue. It's always been fine. Mm-hmm. So they're just trying to unload. They're this, the horse community are trying to take us down.
3: Don't let them. Don't let them. I
2: won't. I won't. Someone
3: else, someone else will will want him. You don't have to but that's prime age. and if he's if he's a gentle a gentle ride and can do all the things I'm guessing he can do if he was at the Olympic level, then that horse is worth a good amount of money. I had a hard time selling mine. It was I hard to let him to go.
2: the bloody horse because if he does if they don't buy him, then we've got to pay for the bloody stables and all the rest of it. i am not just take the flipping thing <laughs> all right. today's episode is sponsored by our old friend Sheath underwear, the official underwear of the UFC. And this podcast. Listen, Sheath used to sponsor us a while ago, and I am so glad that they are back. And I'm very happy because they sam- sent me some new samples. And so let me tell you right now, they are fantastic underwear, okay? They are the most. Comfortable underwear that I've ever worn. They look great. The the designs are very, very stylish. They are high quality, and this is true. Even from all those years ago, I still have my original pairs. They've been washed, though. Don't worry about that. The sheath underwear, of course, they specialize in that pouch where everything is kept cool and separated and friction-free, especially when you're training. And, of course, it keeps everything in the correct Place So, believers, go to sheath.com and try Sheath Underwear. The underwear of legends. Sheath Underwear is made from high-quality fabrics, and as I say, it has a dual pouch, so everything keeps separated, or you can just wear them as regular briefs. I'm telling you. I've had these for a long time. I've got the new designs now as well. As always, super, super comfortable. Very, very stylish. They're very, they've got a flattering fit as well, and they will last an absolute lifetime. By the way, sheath.com has a ton of different products, including boxer briefs, base layers, and women's wear. So go to sheath.com, the official underwear of the UFC, and this podcast. And if you use the promo code Believe twenty you will get 20% off your order. I mean, think about this. Sheath have grown so much. They used to sponsor this podcast. Now they are the official underwear of the UFC. What does that tell you? Business is good. Why is business good? because they're a fantastic product, and I really, really do mean that. And you will mean that, and you will not be disappointed. So give them a try. Go to sheath.com. Use the promo code Believe20 for 20% off. Uh, all right, June, is there anything we need to get to before we get to questions? Because we are going off on tangents galore, and nobody wants to hear us talking about horses. and thinking, They don't. They don't.
0: Um, so just a warning to Brian, cause this actually might end up getting cut if you guys don't want to talk it, but, uh, Fazeev, uh, says that the rumors of the UFC adding 165 and 175 pound divisions actually might be true. Um, he says that the, like the arguing over it in the back has already happened. Um, and, and that they are going to move ahead with it shortly. Um, he said that he himself likes fighting at 155 too much. He would stay there, but, uh, he does see a lot of fighters, uh, making that move.
2: All right, all right. No, no, no that, that, that's a good conversation. Point. Yeah. Um, and I saw this the other day. Why is Rafael Fazif, who's a great fighter and I'm a big fan of, how all of a sudden is he uh, breaking this?
3: News? Breaking news? I'm saying the same.
2: Do you know thing. what I mean? Well, who's Rafael? I love Rafael Fazif. But-
3: <laughs> who's his manager?
2: How has he got the authority to be like, guys, guys, I know, I know. What if they asked him
1: if he wants to? Fighting the inaugural fight for the division. And I doubt they.
3: Was. I doubt they did. But here's what I. I here's what I think happened because I think that interview was in Russian, so I think he probably thought that no one would ever see it, see it, or hear it, or like translate it. So he was. I don't know. Maybe he was just like loose lipped because it was in, the, in another language.
2: Uh, maybe, maybe. Look, listen. I think a one sixty-five pound division would be it. great. If you got to have a sixty-five, you got to have a seventy-five and ninety-five as well. Mm-hmm. You know.
3: Oh, you're like 95 as well.
2: That's the biggest weight cut of all of them. The biggest I know. 185 to 205. That's 20 pounds. All these little 25, 35, 45. Like, what's that? Double it.
3: <laughs> but 85 is there... to
2: 205. That's what I had to do. That's what I had to enjoy. We get it. We right? get that's it. the sacrifice that I made.
3: Okay. As a percent. I, I get it. Okay. As a percent. 115 to 105 was quite a... I understand. Um, The... I completely lost my train of thought because I just chided myself for like literally comparing myself to you Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Not, I was never at 115 to 105. No, the
3: 25, <laughs>
2: 35, 45, 55, they're already at 10 pounds. Okay, then it makes the jump to 70, 15 pounds, then to 85, 15 pounds. Then for some yeah. reason, you just got 20 <laughs> middleweights and light heavyweights. You guys are doing 20 pounds. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying that if they do a 65 then they've got to make that the norm. 75, I mean, who am I to say? Is one man on a podcast shooting the shit, talking out my ass? 85, 95, 205. That that makes sense as well.
3: Is there enough depth between, 80, between 85 and 205 to create a really robust, keep a robust middleweight, make a new one and keep a robust 205 is the only question because I think there's so like 155, I want to say, I remember looking at this one time and I'm not going to get these numbers right, but like, In terms of the percent of the roster that's in 155 and 170, it's like absurd how much of the roster is just in those two weight classes. I
2: agree. I agree. But that's not my concern. My concern is still harnessed on. When I was fucking fighting, (laughs) I had to cut 20 pounds from 205 to 185. And even though we're talking well over 10 years ago, okay, that still annoys me. So if they're doing a 65, they're doing a 95. No, but you do bring... old jokes aside, you bring up a good point. You do bring up a good point because that is by far the most stacked division. Uh, Dana never wanted to do that, though. He was quite vocal. Granted, that was a couple of years ago now.
3: Yeah. Exchange. And I think I think if you bring I think if you bring out a new weight class, it has to be a really big fight though. Like, and for some reason, I keep thinking this must be what Connor wants to come back out. Yeah, this because... is what
2: they're saying. I saw I saw uh, uh, it's it's not me. I'm not breaking news. It, there's an article about it. Let me just bring it up right here because I got it sent to me from a, a YouTube
3: guy. Because you don't make you know. a seismic shift like that without attaching something big to it.
2: Uh, Here it is. Conor McGregor could return to the UFC in a brand new division. This is talk sport in the UK. Talk sport in the UK. This is not me. Notorious was the first dual weight champion. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Where is it? Uh, he could make history again. McGregor's easily, uh, eagerly anticipated return could return as the inaugural champion at 165 pounds. Rumors about a new weight division, lightweight and welterweight, which are separated by a whopping 15 pounds. Whopping 15, try 20. Uh, lightweight, lightweight fighter Rafael Fazeev claims talk of an incoming 165 pound weight class is more than rumors after speaking with people who know the situation. He believes the division is coming soon. It's not a rumor. He said in an interview with, I'm hearing that it's already for sure. As far as I know. Okay. Well,
3: then he becomes a three division champion.
2: Oh God. And then that is it. That's the end of the world.
3: That's I think that, I mean, I'm totally speculating here. I have no backstage knowledge, but that makes sense to me is that first of all, I think we know there's no, yeah, he's never wins in
2: four weight classes.
3: He's never fighting at featherweight again. I can't really even see him fighting at lightweight. But I feel like 170 is a little fluffy. I mean, he could fight 170 now. What's that?
2: For McGregor.
3: Yeah. But I could see him like cutting really hard down to 165.
2: Yeah, he ain't making 155 anytime soon.
3: No, no. But 65, I feel like he could make. And then you open up this whole new division. You get a title shot or a, a vacant title shot. And then maybe you win and you're a three division champion.
2: Oh God. It's set in stone, isn't it? It's just that easy. The first man to win in four different weight classes, three championship belts in three different weight classes. The greatest ever, God, the greatest ever, man. <laughs> he is great though, to be fair. I just want to, I, I do want to see him back. I do. I do. I, do too. I, this all I desperately the time. do. I know. And I say this all poor old Chandler, poor old Iron Mike. <laughs> um, shall we do some questions, Lauren, and let you get about your day? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Uh, if you have a question, please send it into bynpod at gmail.com.
0: And if you're listening on Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Positive review really helps out on those platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new video drops. And if you want to catch over 500 episodes, you can't find anywhere else completely ad-free and totally uncensored. Head to gasdigital.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get a seven-day free trial. Check it over 20 great shows on the network. All
1: right. First question right. we have here today is from Jake. Yo, BYM, Jake here from Pennsylvania, chilling with my doggo, Winston. Our question is, out of all the training camps you ever had, uh, which one was your favorite and which one uh, made you feel the best after, like the most prepared for your fight? Oh yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh, God.
3: I'm going to let you go on this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know which was my favorite. I know which one was my worst by far when i fought dan henderson at ufc 100 i was so overtrained. i had cuts and scabs and c- cuts all over my body i had to run for about half an hour just in a circle on the mats to be able to get my body healing up i had like uh, uh mat burns all over my feet and everything it was just it was bloody awful but best training camp i don't know i don't know what's one of the best experiences in your life laura
3: in my life, As, or in my in my your fight, in my fighting when life.
2: When you're fight your fight career, then we we'll go life.
3: Um, for me, like, cause so obviously, I always feel ridiculous comparing anything I experience in fighting when I talk to someone. Yeah, like but, you. Don't. But, but don't. But it was it was such a different it was such a different time. Like I was fighting amateur 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, and then my pro fight was 2013 and for women's MMA in particular, it was just such a weird time. So even my amateur fights were on Titan FC and mm. they were, they weren't televised because they were part of the portion that was just used as like the warm up from the, for the, um, camera crew. But like, it felt like they were cause I had a camera in my face and it always felt much bigger than just, um, than, than, well, I fought in a barn also, but that's a separate, that's a separate story. We both um,
2: fought in a barn or two.
3: Yeah. No, I, for my, for my amateur title fight, uh, I had a really good camp and it was the first time I fought a girl that was taller than me, which I'm very tall for 105. I'm five foot five, which is pretty lengthy for Adam weight. And this girl was five, seven. And I was like, it was really freaking me out. It was a uh, crazy fight. She actually popped my elbow out, but the ref didn't see it. And we fought on and I went on to win a very close decision and get the title and yay.
2: Congratulations. No, no, no. Yeah. I was gonna make a really bad joke second ago. <laughs> Nothing I, I'll tell you off. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, but um Brian comes on with a little cheesy grin. Uh, what was I gonna say? So you were saying Titan FC, yeah, all the amateur fights were on there as well, which mm-hmm. is great, it's a great platform for you. Do you know what me of
3: hmm.
2: PFL last week?
3: <laughs> they were all amateur fights. I didn't watch most of it.
2: Oh, making that! I didn't watch the pay per view. Yeah. I saw the the prelims. There were a lot of amateur fights. Yeah,
3: that's exactly most of my. I had eight amateur fights or seven amateur fights. I'm sorry, and they were all in a situation like that. Which is, it's cool if you're the if you're it's the amazing. fighter.
2: <laughs> oh, it's incredible because it gets you ready for those kind of big yeah. environments that experience the nerves and the pressure. But I was just, again, I'm not, you know, you're talking like, shit that they're going to take down the UFC and all the rest of it. So I was like, Oh, watch this. Let's yeah. have a look at the product. I'm like, he's making his pro debut. Yeah. Just whatever. Anyway, love them. Brian. Right, so
1: next question we have here is from Jordan.
2: Jordan, what's up? Peace being. I'm sorry. You know, last time I said, I hope you had a good birthday. I was thinking you guys are going to post the video
1: afterwards, you know what I mean? But I hope you had a good birthday anyway. My question is, <sighs> have you guys got any, like, favorite MMA-related meme pages? Because me personally, I, I follow this guy named Keith Muay and he's funny. You know, Harrington, I love you.
2: Oh That's
3: so sweet.
2: Hamilton, I love you. Meme pages. Do you you follow?
3: Oh, yeah. Do you follow? Is it Strangles Bagman? No, I don't follow any. Oh, my gosh.
2: I I really Hold on. i got got to look this up right now.
1: What's that, Brian? Spinning elbow. Let me look at that one now. It's just like shit posting about MMA stuff. Occasionally, they get me.
2: Yeah. Spinning or spinning?
1: S- spin in with an apostrophe at the spinning. end. Spin Spinning elbow. Oh. And what's yours, Laura?
3: Um, strangles underscore Bagman.
2: Okay, so I've got to follow back from spinning elbow, so maybe I'll give him. 346 minutes later. How Francisco Prado looked after his fight with Daniel Z- Z- Zellhuber. Okay, that was a crazy good. fight. All right. All right. This is good. I wanted the easiest in the division. I wanted Ryan Bader. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak Portuguese. Oh dear. All right. We'll give him a it's follow good. guys. It's there good. you go. How much did you get paid for that plug Lauren?
3: No, I'm not. Yeah, I hope you're full you... of
2: shit. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll find a way. Strangles underscore bag, man. I'll, I'll get it in there. I'll get it on. Brian, we've got one last question. Hopefully
1: we do have one more and this is from Michael Janay. and he got a new camera.
2: Oh, nice. Oh, wow.
1: What up, BYM crew? It's your boy, Michael Janae, Mikey B, man, I appreciate you. Still sober over three years. Got a question. Um, What made you start your podcast in the first place? And what continues to motivate you to keep it going? Um, Looking forward to those answers, but I do want to tell you, from a fan of watching the show, I suffer from severe depression. Um, and oftentimes I feel very alone. And I want to tell you guys that your podcast helps me in those times when I feel so alone and I'm down and depressed. Um, and it's really got me through the darkest times. So I hope that hits you where it's meant to man. I appreciate you guys much love.
2: That's really cool. Wow well well michael great to hear from you again buddy and thank you for the kind words that is very very kind uh and i appreciate it and you know I, you you do similar stuff to us laura you know i you never think i i never do i never allow myself to think that because because i hear things like that a lot mm-hmm. you know and people always have the nicest things to say and, and for a lot of the time, it's just me and Anthony or me and the boys or whatever and and we're just having a bit of fun and whatnot but to think that it affects people in such a way that that means the world to me and I said this the other day it's like if I'm walking through the street and someone's like basically basically get a picture or whatever and that's all really nice but if they say we listen to the podcast I'm like oh shit that hits me differently because it's like oh so you sit there you're actually interested in the personality or the backstory and they was going Rebecca and stuff like that you know (laughs) so that 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 uh, hits me differently yeah. what inspired the podcast uh just just trying to do things expand your avenues you know you can't fight forever so you ch- start trying to think what what am i going to do with my life obviously i had the eye issue as well so i was trying to use my platform whilst i had one what inspires me to keep going one i really enjoy it uh not gonna lie, there's a there's a business aspect to it as well, of course. You know, I've got a family to provide for, uh, but that's not the the sole reason. It's it's our reason for sure. But so sometimes, like like now, Laura, right? Sometimes it can feel like work and You go, oh, I've got the bloody podcast because you want to sit on your ass, or I want to do this, or I want to go there.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. And then you sit down, and then afterwards, Jesus Christ, that time flew by. It back.
3: flies by, yeah. Sure. And it doesn't
2: feel like work.
3: Yeah. No, we're we we have the best job in the world, including stuff like this. It's it's mm. still wild to me. And I'll just I'll just take a moment right now. It's it I've said this to you before, but I'd like to say it out loud. It is crazy to me that like I get to look over at times and I'm sitting next to Michael Bisping, who is like and calling fights with Michael Bisping, because you have to understand that like not that long ago I was in a bar watching you fight on television and, or watching you on tough. And it's, it's so, it's so trite to say it's a pinch myself moment. And like, I know I deserve to be there in the sense that like, I I feel like I add to the content, but there's still the the other part of my brain. That's like, this is fucking crazy. (sighs) And, So we're. I just. I. I, The
2: the the reason I'm nodding is not saying I agree with you. It's crazy. Is (laughs) is that no? I've had the same experience myself. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
3: Yeah. No. No. You're good. It's so. I just. I look at stuff like this, and you're right. There's moments where it's like, man, this is kind of a chore. You know, here I am researching again, or you know, whatever. But we're so we're so blessed to be able to to do this, and to think that it impacts people beyond just like you know Mm -hmm. oh that was great whatever is is really cool i had i was going through the comments on my youtube page the other day because i'm doing like a comment reaction video or whatever and there was someone who wrote like i've encouraged three women to start jujitsu just from showing someone this page and like that's wild to me never in a million years did i think that i would ever have any impact on people i'd never met so it's it's an honor to be able to have a platform and yeah, you do a tremendous job with it. And I appreciate mm-hmm. you letting me piggyback sometimes.
2: No, no, not at all, Laura. You're a credit uh, w- when we can get you one. Thank you very much. and Michael Jeannette, I just want to say well done because he sent videos in before. Uh, sorry to hear that you're still going through, you know, the, the the depression and things like that. And it's funny because yesterday I was supposed to do jay glazer's podcast Mm. he has a unbreakable podcast that's centered around mental health and i had a procedure on my neck last week i had an ablation i had a bunch of needles put in my neck and stuff like that they fry the nerves and all the rest of it and uh it hasn't worked and i've had like a a reaction to it so the last few days i've hardly slept and Mm. i'm I'm in absolute agony right now i'm on all kinds of medication so anyway i had to cancel on jay um, last minute I, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I said yesterday I was white as a ghost. I had, uh, it was a shit way to spend your birthday. Let me tell you that I was white as a ghost. My head was on fire. Uh, I, uh, I said, dude, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't. And he fully understood. Yeah. But, but, but the reason I bring that up is because I was going to go on a mental health podcast and I was, and I was talking to my wife about it and I'm like, cause I'm not that guy do you know what I mean, that talks about, I mean, listen, I do believe mental health does ha- ha- should have a, a big focus on it mm-hmm. and people need to be more open with it and talk about it. But I'm generally, haven't been that guy. I'm from the northwest of England. I'm from a small town. From my generation, we just kind of sucked it up and fucking got along with it. And if you talked about your feelings, you were a pussy and you know, all your friends would make fun of you, you know, and I guess still uh, a, a section of that, you know, well, still a lot of that remains with me. You know, I'm a typical guy for one of a cliche turn that bottles everything up and says nothing, you know, and I let it build, I let it build and I should talk about things more. And I don't, I don't, say nothing. I put a smile on a smile until it fucking explodes. And I I either end up fucking acting like a maniac and saying a lot of shit I regret or I end up crying my eyes out like an absolute little bitch you know what I mean? Uh, So I was going to say to Rebecca, I said, well, what do I say? Jay's trying to do like a serious podcast about mental health. And she was like, we'll just talk
3: about that. Yeah, that's why you're you're perfect for it.
2: Yeah, I was like, I don't talk about stuff like that, you know?
3: Well, I think people, you know, anybody that's followed you for any amount of time and has listened to your podcast or, you know, you're you're everywhere you get you get at least a sense of who you are as a person and i think it means even more when someone like you who isn't necessarily talking about his feelings every five minutes Mm. finally does take a minute and maybe you know it's like you on the Wayne show last time i thought you and bobby had a really good moment there talking about the mental health aspect of things in 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 the context of alex volkanovsky but yeah it's it's super important, probably more important to hear it from guys like you than, you know, a whiny bitch like me.
2: Well, I was going to say, they want to hear it more from you, Laura. No. I probably want to hear it more from Rebecca than me, even with her fucking caterpillar eyebrows. I'm going to have a serious word with her. Laura, I cannot thank you enough. I'm sure I speak on behalf of all the believers in the comment section right now saying she's great. Can we just have this be Believe You Me with Laura Sanko and Anthony Smith. Okay, and you never know, you little bastards. I mean,
3: I love Let's Anthony, the why not? Let's just make it a trio.
2: Uh, my <laughs> mental health is going down <laughs> okay, right now. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't joke about such things. Laura, you're the best, wherever you are in Thank the world. You. Thank you for watching, subscribe, ring the bell. We'll see you soon.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet?